Hello, and welcome to Yoga for the Revolution, a show about self-care in the age of resistance. Yes, we're still here. It's still the age of resistance. We're still resisting. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about empathy. What is it? Are we really losing it as a generation? If so, how do we get it back? There's an article came out last summer that comes up for me all the time. I see the phrase on social media a lot, and it just it just seems very top of mind right now. The headline is simply this. I don't know how to explain to you that you should care about other people. The subhead is our disagreements not merely about politics, but a fundamental divide on what it means to live in society. Obviously, that headline kind of says it all, but There's a whole article, so I will link to it in the show notes. I'm sure there are variations on this theme, but this particular article was written by Kayla Chadwick. I saw it on Huffington Post. It came up for me again just last week when the president of the United States denied that almost 3,000 people died in Puerto Rico as a result of Hurricane Maria and the aftermath. He decided that the Democrats made up that number to make him look bad. And that, I don't know, it didn't really happen. And somehow, after two years, I don't know how, but I still am surprised. Usually, I just feel like, yeah, another day, another stupid tweet. But this one really got to me, and I managed to be shocked and appalled by it. And it reminded me about that headline. I don't even know how to talk to people who don't see that as ridiculous, right? I mean, it's way, way more than just we feel differently about how taxes should be adjudicated. It's just a completely different planet where only the individual counts and the rest of the world can go screw. And I don't get it. So I started looking into empathy, what it is, why we're missing it. And you don't have to look far. There's been a lot of discussion on empathy in recent months, in the last two years. I'm not, in other words, the only person who has noticed that selfishness has kind of taken over and fear is taking the place of everything that society is about. Just the other day, I bookmarked an article in the failing New York Times uh, pondering if the phone, the smartphone, has killed empathy. And a lot of the article is about etiquette, how we can no longer as a culture, choose to dedicate our attention to the human beings that are physically present in front of us and instead choose the digital people, which I think is rude, of course, and also says a lot about our ability to connect versus our desire to have distance. The article also goes through how even the posture, the physical posture we take as we're looking at our phones changes. It changes our ability to make eye contact, our physical ability to breathe, and then therefore our mood It also changes the parts of our brain that are functioning during that phone-based activity. We'll get into that a little bit more in a bit. The statistics bear this out. This is a little bit of get off my lawn, but in this case, my grumpy old man-ness is backed by science. A University of Michigan study found the biggest drop in empathy among college students after the year 2000, meaning they've been studying empathy in college students. That just happens to be their subset of people. They've been studying it for 30, 40 years. And in the 2000s, they started to notice a huge, huge drop. 
Here's a quote. College kids today are about 40% lower in empathy than their counterparts of 20 or 30 years ago as measured by standard tests of this personality trait. One of the researchers offered this gem. The ease of having friends online might make people more likely to just tune out when they don't feel like responding to others' problems, a behavior that could carry over offline. And then there's another article. This one is from the Phoenix Spirit. Again, I just look on the internet. These are the things I find. So I'll link to it. You can decide for yourself uh, the validity of articles from both the New York Times, the University of Michigan, and the Phoenix Spirit. But this article talks about a world without empathy as a world without love. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, denying that 3,000 people died certainly feels like a world without love. And in a loveless world, the author, uh, whose name is John Driggs, states each of us would be self-appointed emperors of our own little world. Inevitably, it would be a rather lonely world as people would undoubtedly fail our expectations and couldn't be trusted. It would be a world where others exist essentially for our own pleasure and would have no meaning to us otherwise, which is basically Westworld or, you know, a Republican-led Congress. So this also touches on, to me, I, I can make that connection with what we talked about last week in terms of uh, how our fear plays into our ability to forgive or condemn other people, right? Because without empathy, people will undoubtedly fail our expectations and we are essentially existing for our own pleasure and people have no other meaning to us than to entertain or to please us from our point of view. So we have posited that technology may make us more dense when it comes to emotional intelligence, that it leaves us disconnected and in kind of a Westworldian kind of world. But there are some positives to tech when it comes to connection, and that is that everything is immediate and can be, has the potential to be more visceral. We were all able to see the devastation in Puerto Rico. We have pictures and video, and we can feel those things if we choose. Driggs says, the visceral experiences of human pain have never been more connecting for many of us. With the internet, we can also be empowered to respond to those crises and make a difference. Few of us can easily hide from the world these days. Our global world has connected us all in the most basic of ways. So here we are in a podcast ostensibly dedicated to using the tools of yoga in our lives. So how does empathy come into play in yoga? This one, in my mind, is pretty simple. And we can look at it from the perspective of looking at the difference between empathy and sympathy. It's all about connection and disconnection. Empathy, as we've discussed, is about feeling what other people are feeling. Sympathy is not. There's a judgment element there. It's feeling for people as opposed to empathy, which is feeling with people. Again, empathy is about connection. Sympathy is about creating distance. There's a great little video I'm going to link to that I found that really does a fantastic job of explaining this difference. Uh, it's on karmatube.org, but again, I'll link to it in the show notes. Here's a quick example. A bad thing happens. A 
sympathetic response might start with, well, at least this different horrible thing didn't happen, or at least this other thing that's not bad is happening, as opposed to an empathetic response, which might sound more like, shit, that sucks. I can imagine that feels horrible. How do you feel? Right? It's easier to perform sympathy. It requires less of us as people. We don't have to go to the dark place with sympathy. We don't have to feel anything. We can just say, "Mm, yeah, bad. Empathy asks more of us. And you may feel like finding the silver lining is such a great quality to have, but I would challenge you to inquire of yourself if you're that kind of person. Are you distancing yourself from that negative feeling? Right? If someone has a real tragedy going on, are you so quick to say, yeah, but, yeah, but at least this, well, you could look at it this way. And why exactly are we doing that? Why do we feel like we need to change that emotion into something more positive so immediately? Yoga is about connecting, right? You've heard yoga union. Yoga means union. It's about connecting to ourselves, to nature, to the world around us. And so yoga itself is innately concerned with empathy. I want to pause here to say thank you for listening to the show. There are a lot of great links from today's episode. Don't miss out. You can find them all as well as our past and future episodes on yogafortherevolution.org. On social, Facebook is facebook.com slash yogafortherevolution. Instagram is yogafortherevolution. Twitter is Y underscore F underscore T underscore R. If you like the show, hop onto your podcast app of choice and rate and review it. If you haven't already, you can subscribe for free. The rating and reviewing helps get the word out to other people that this little show exists. And I think we can all empathize with feeling like the world may or may not know or care we exist. We know empathy can be drilled out of us or we can be ground down from the bombardment of life to not have energy left for empathy. We may forget how to have empathy. The good news is it is a relearnable skill. According to one article in Psychology Today, it really sounds like I read a lot, but I just do research for you guys. According to one article in Psychology Today, which again, I will link to in the show notes, the brain is naturally empathetic. And we've talked about this on the show before. So you may not be surprised to hear the phrase mirror neurons in this context. What Marsha Reynolds writes in the article, give your empathy a boost, is this. Mirror neurons connect your brain like Wi-Fi with people you observe. As a protective mechanism, you automatically tune into their emotions, their movements, and intentions. What she notes, though, is that our cognitive brain functions sometimes separately from our emotional brain. And neuroscientists and psychologists both may choose to disagree. I'm just telling you what Marsha Reynolds said in this article. She says if you're using your cognitive brain to think about the past, the future, your email, then it's more challenging to connect to your emotional intelligence, right? If you're doing a math problem, it's more challenging to feel 
because you're just using different parts of your brain. So if you're looking at your phone, if you're if you're filling your cognitive brain with digesting that kind of information, your empathy, your ability to empathize may be suppressed. Not that it disappears, but that you're not paying attention to it. She offers four points to help us become more in touch with our own empathy that I want to share with you here. One, be quiet. What I'm extrapolating this means is just practice turning the cognitive brain off for a bit. You can do this with focus on the breath, with meditation, and also honestly simply by observing the world around you. If you don't look at your phone, if you're on the subway for example, you'll see a great opportunity to just look around at a mass of humanity and see and feel and observe what's going on in the world around you. Number two, watch as well as listen. So to me, this is really a variation on the first one, be quiet and observe. Watch a movie without getting on your phone for a second screen experience. Read a book or just watch people in a meeting, for example, without having a separate agenda to contribute or add to it. Just watch and see and feel other people's interactions. This is an opportunity to observe our fellow humans like you might observe something on a nature show. Just watch how people interact and even just by doing that, we'll be able to connect and tap into that ability to connect to other people more quickly. Three, ask yourself what you're feeling. This one has been huge for me and I think I've mentioned it here before, If you're feeling agitated, stop, observe, notice what that feels like in the body. Where do you feel it? On your skin, in your chest, what does it feel like? Doing this can help us identify emotions more quickly. Oh, I have a tightness in my chest. I know what this is. And this works for positive emotions as well as negative. So if you're feeling joy, pause, notice what joy feels like. The more we put our attention on that and notice it, the easier it can be to tap back into it later. That emotion becomes less like a stranger to us. Number four, test your instinct. So when you're with a friend, you could talk to them about this. A, if it's a close friend, if it's someone you feel comfortable with, you could say, you know, I've been working on my empathy and I want to check something out with you. If not, you know, you don't have to say that, but you could say, I'm feeling... XYZ. Are you? What are you feeling? You know, this whole empathy building thing can be a a team exercise, a group exercise, a family exercise. Now, of course, we can't force the GOP to become empathetic. What we can do is practice our own skills, practice in our relationships at home and at work, model what empathy looks like and feels like, and also vote those suckers without empathy out of office on November 6th. Practice your empathy. Until next time, keep breathing and live to fight another day. I don't care what